Welcome to the Mindful Love Podcast, the show that provides you with the knowledge and tools to develop a deeper connection with yourself and others so that you can get the love you want. I'm your host, Tabitha MacDonald. I did the hard work of finding the quickest, most effective tools to transform all areas of my life as fast as possible, and I am excited to be sharing these tools with you. In today's episode, we are going to discuss the drama triangle. This triangle of dysfunctional relationships is such a powerful tool to help you understand dysfunctional social interactions so that you can develop healthier relationships. I am going to offer you five essential tools to help you step out of the drama triangles in your life so that you can create healthier, functional relationships that bring you more joy and satisfaction in your life. The drama triangle was first described by Stephen Karpman in the 1960s. It is a model of dysfunctional social interactions and illustrates a power game that involves three roles, a victim, a rescuer, and a persecutor. Each role represents a common and ineffective response to conflict. The journey around the triangle can be done with self or with another human being, such as a spouse, a child, a coworker, and so on. Most of us are neurologically programmed to play three roles, and we consciously or unconsciously choose one role given the particular context. So what that looks like is, as an example, you might have the hero. That's what I call it, the hero. And this is also known as the rescuer. That's the person that gets to save the victim. The victim is the one who was wounded, the one who is powerless and helpless. And then we have the persecutor. And the persecutor role involves blaming, criticizing, or attacking others. And this is the person who created it. So I just want to mention here that you might be in the villain or the persecutor role without having done anything wrong. And this is really how I uh, discovered the drama triangle because I felt like shame all of the time in a specific relationship and it was uncomfortable to me. And I felt like I was always the villain or the bad guy, right? But I didn't feel like my behavior matched how I felt. And what really happened, which was exciting for me now when I look back, uh, that I was being put into the villain role because it was a role that I was put into when I was little. So I would just step into it when somebody in my family needed to feel like the hero. And so I know I'll just, I'll give you an example. It was uh, January of 2020 and I had my baby sister coming to visit and she had two dogs and I had dogs and my dog was a little aggressive. And so I was worried about her coming to stay with me. But then at the same time, I knew that we would figure it out. And if it didn't work, then she could go stay with my mom. The reason she wasn't staying with my mom in the first place was because my mom lived with my other sister who had hardwood floors and she couldn't have the dogs there. And so I thought, you know, well, we'll just, we'll figure it out. 
And I noticed all up until they got here that my mom kept calling my little sister and and saying things like, you shouldn't stay there. Tabitha's dog isn't going to create problems for you. And she just kept meddling, right? She kept meddling. And I felt this increasing anxiety about like I was doing something wrong just by being alive and breathing and having a dog, right? And it's interesting because I realized this was a feeling I had often with my family, not a little bit of the time, but very often. And when I was working with one of my clients, he said, have you ever heard of the drama triangle? Because he had gotten out of a toxic marriage with someone who had strong narcissistic tendencies. And we often, you know, talked and related to each other about those experiences. And what happened was I went and looked it up And I immediately was like, this basically just described my entire life. Like, I don't know that I am not in any drama triangles. It feels like my whole life is a drama triangle. And so I got curious. I just decided to be curious with my family. And I stepped out of it and I noticed the triangle unfolding. My sister started getting, she came, everything was fine. We were figuring it out. Like I had a system, she had a system. We were being honest with each other. And then I noticed the meddling and it was the text messages and the phone calls. And it was the little drops, right? Like, oh, are you sure everything's okay? Did you not notice that this was happening? And I just started to notice and I thought, oh, that's interesting. I've never seen that before because I was staying in my power. I wasn't falling into the role of the villain. And so it got worse and escalated. And the two dogs did have an altercation, but it was the middle of the night. So it now it became this dramatic experience where she needed to like, my sister needed to leave in the middle of the night with her dog. And my mom was there to open her with open arms and like, oh, it's okay. You know, Tabitha's dog is aggressive. It's not your fault. You know, there was this whole thing, right? So my mom got to be the hero and my sister was put into the victim role. And the sad thing is, is that I don't think anybody even knows they're playing the drama triangle out. Like, I'm not saying there was anything wrong with my mom. What she wanted was her daughter to stay with her. And so she had to create a scenario for her daughter to go stay with her. And I was the easy, I was the easy kind of like catapult, right? So it was, you know, weeks in the making. It didn't just happen overnight. It was carefully plotted, but played out in the perfect way. She got to be the hero and my sister was put into the victim role and I was the villain. And so once I saw this, I just decided that like, what would happen if I chose not to be in the drama triangle anymore? What would happen if I chose to step out? So we were all supposed to go to this house in the mountain and rent some, rent a house. And I just called my family up and I said, you know what? I'm not going to go. I'll pay my portion, but I'm just going to stay home because I want to reflect on what I just learned, right? I was in this period of great expansion and awareness, like an awakening almost to my role in the dysfunction of my family. And I didn't want it anymore. And my mom, I remember she goes, you can't do that. You can't just opt out. We've been planning this. And I said, actually, I can opt out. I am opting out, but I will gladly send you a check for my portion of the rental fee 
because I know that I committed to that, but actually I can opt out and I am opting out. So just so you know, and it infuriated her, right? Because, well, my theory was she would lose her favorite villain, right? If I wasn't there, then who's going to be in the drama triangle? The drama triangle needs all three pieces for it to exist. Now, we can have drama triangles with ourselves. And I noticed that in my life, I was so comfortable with this structure of the drama triangle that I would go and create drama triangles party of one. And it would be especially with like food or alcohol or relationships or anything. I've had so many drama triangles that I've had to unpack over the years because I was so comfortable in them, right? I didn't know that there was life outside of the drama triangle. And like a common one was with food or my weight, right? Like it was uh, food is the villain. The next diet program is the hero. I'm just the victim to my scale, right? Like to my food choices or the diet industry. Like it wasn't my fault. I was a victim to my past trauma. I was a victim to my habits. I was a victim to my taste buds. I was addicted to unhealthy food, right? So I had created my own drama triangle where I got to be the victim, which put me in a powerless place with my health. And then there was always a villain and it could be the marketing industry. It could be the food industry, the pharmaceutical industry, the weight loss industry, the body shaming industry. Like it could have been, you know, any of those. And then the hero was always either not giving a crap anymore and, and moving into I'm accepting myself at this weight forever, or it was a new diet program or a new exercise program or a new coaching program. That's still a drama triangle. What we want is not to shame ourselves for being in a drama triangle, but to understand when we're in it so then we can be in choice, right? So we want to make sure that we're always in choice. In that drama triangle, I felt powerless. I did not feel like a strong, powerful woman. When I go into my victim thinking, especially when we're talking about food and health issues, if I feel like somebody else has, including myself, which we'll get into parts, uh, parts integration work in a later episode, but I, if I feel like somebody else has the power, then I'm not showing up as an empowered human being, right? So one of the ways that we avoid a drama triangle is boundaries because healthy boundaries don't really fit into the drama triangle. That is really what we want to move into is a new structure and one that was created by David Emerald. He refers to it as the creator, the coach, and the challenger roles, which are more focused on fostering personal growth and positive change in relationships. So it's just important to note that the drama triangle is a simplified framework and not all interpersonal conflicts fit neatly into these roles, but it's really valuable tool. It's a very valuable tool for self-awareness and improving communication and relationships. Uh, Here's how it helps me is when I'm with someone and I feel that feeling like a villain And I'm like, oh, I know what this feels like. It feels like burning in my stomach and I'm not a villain. Then I have to look and go, okay, who is trying to pull me into their drama triangle? And I'll notice, oh, I see. Okay, that person is clearly 
used to operating in a drama triangle. They're trying to pull me in. So I know what to do. I don't even get into the triangle and they'll go find another person to pull into the triangle. That's because I'm so aware in my body of how it feels. I know when it feels like in my body, when I feel like I need to be the hero, this used to govern my love life. I only felt worthy of love if I was saving someone. That meant that I would finally like belong and have their love. The problem is that required me to need somebody to be saved, which meant I needed to have people who were not very empowered in their own lives so that I could continually save them. That is not really the kind of relationship that I want to have anymore. And so now I know what it feels like in my body when I need to be the hero. Then I also know what it feels like in my body when I feel like I'm the victim, when I am not feeling empowered, when I'm not feeling in charge, when I'm not feeling like the predominant creative force in my life. And so what I want to give you is some easy tools now that you have some, you know, knowledge and education around the drama triangle on how to shift this for you. And even if you are okay staying in the drama triangle, as long as you know that you have a choice to come out of it if you want to. So step one is awareness. Do you notice when you are around certain people that you feel like a villain, a hero, a victim? Do you choose that role or did someone around you help you get there? And just notice the situations in your life at work, at home, in social environments. For me, understanding what it felt like when someone was trying to make me their villain, their hero, or their victim was a massive shift. Awareness is so important. And knowing what it feels like in your body, body awareness, because your body will tell you. Step number two, get curious. Probably one of my favorite emotions that we get to harness and turn into a superpower. Get curious. Look at the relationship you've had with yourself. Do you have a drama triangle party of one? Like I said, I used to do this with food. You know, my bad day was the villain. I was the victim to it and food was my hero. Talk about a shift in mindset. Like I remember that my unconscious mind always had a interesting dialogue to keep me in that drama triangle. Like, oh, ice cream is the only thing that has ever resolved any of your pain. You should eat the entire pint of Ben and Jerry's. That is like, Ben and Jerry's is my hero. I'm the victim to my bad day or somebody else's behavior. And now I get to feel justified and completely devouring uh, half-baked. Also, I can have the choice to do that. The thing is, is we want to have consciousness around it, right? We want to be aware of what we're doing so that we can always be in choice. Our unconscious mind knows how to survive a certain structure of reality. So you will find these areas playing out in more than just one area of your life. You might be really good at earning $100,000 a year. You might not know how to survive earning $200,000 a year. So when you set the goal to increase your income, your unconscious mind might go, oh, I don't know how to survive that. So what I'm going to do is go create my beautiful little drama triangle over here to pull this person back to 
feeling really good about earning $100,000 a year because that's what I know how to survive. And I feel really good about being successful there. So it could create, you know, a spending spree, which puts you in debt, or it could create just some bad financial decisions, or it could create um, losing a lot of money on a bad investment. Like there's so many ways that our unconscious mind will put us back into the drama triangle if it feels like it needs to pull us back to an old structure. There's a a way out of that. And that the tool that we use in magnetic mind and conscious creation coaching is the recode. We also use meditation. We use NLP techniques. There's lots of tools to help rewrite these old outdated scripts. Step three, notice what you feel. What do you feel? Emotions, but feelers. What are your feelers? And where do you feel it in your body? If you like to be the hero and you notice someone's in distress, What is that feeling in your body that wants to go to their rescue? Notice what the emotion is just before you needed to be the hero. This is the one you're looking for, right? That's the one. So if you were feeling unimportant, was that the emotion that triggered you into hero mode? Were you feeling lonely? Were you feeling lack of a connection? What was it? Pay attention. If you were feeling like you were being pulled into the villain role, what was the emotion right before it? Was it suffering a contract of belonging with your family? Was it, oh, I know this is the structure my family needs me in, so I need to belong. I'm going to go ahead and let that play out. Or was it like if you were being in the victim role, what was the emotion right before you stepped into it? Notice the feeling right before you became disempowered. Did you feel unsupported and what you really wanted was support? Did you feel unloved and that was how you needed to feel loved? Just pay attention. There's Remember, there's no judgment in any of this. Most of this programming is happening underneath the radar and you don't even know that it's happening. That's why we go back to step one, awareness, right? The challenge is, is when this behavior or these drama triangles are coming at the expense of your own health and well-being. Mine was coming from a deep need to be seen as good, to be loved, and to be of value to other people. Now, when I do things like step in to help someone in need, it's not coming from an expectation of receiving recognition from that person. It's coming from a whole heart and genuinely wanting to help somebody without expecting anything in return. And that is a very different way to show up and help someone than I'm doing this because I need you to be my victim so that I can continue to save you. It is more of a, I see you as a powerful human being who's struggling and I want to help because I am already whole and I am not looking for you to fill this, this, this gap, right? So that is step number three. Step number four, witness your behavior and the behavior of others around you. Do you notice that some people, when you are hanging out with them, you start diving in to save them? All of a sudden, you've taken on this huge responsibility that you didn't even remember taking on, and now you're overwhelmed, burned out, and a little bit bitter inside. Behavior is the highest form of communication. We may say one thing, feel something different, and then not understand why the outcome is not matching, right? So if you look at your behavior, it will give you a clearer understanding of your true belief structure. 
I kept saying I wanted to lose weight, right? I changed my thoughts. I changed my feelings. I recoded outdated programming. I healed my inner child. I like processed through my trauma, but nothing was shifting. I was like, none of this is working, right? Like I can't lose weight. But then when you look at my behavior, I was eating like garbage and I didn't move my body. I was not exercising. In fact, I started doing the opposite where I just started working all of the time and completely stopped exercising. And I wasn't taking any action with any of the intuition I was receiving. Uh, But I thought I was, right? I thought I was because I would be like, oh, I'm drinking water now. So I should be at my goal weight. You know, meanwhile, I'm eating like a bag of Doritos in the car on the way home and shoving the package in the back of the seat. That's behavior, right? So we have behaviors that will give us important information about what our belief system actually is. And so in order to shift, especially with, for me, with my weight, it's been the the biggest one was I needed to start behaving in alignment with someone who valued their health and having a fitter body. And that meant small incremental changes to the way I ate and to exercise and to really, you know, adding that in as a priority, not because I thought I should lose weight so that I would be lovable, but because I love myself so much that I value taking care of my body. Step number five, leave the drama triangle, step out, just step out of it. How do we step out of it? We get curious, right? We go back to step one, we get curious. If you simply step out of the triangle, the players will need someone new to fill that role. And if you're not there, they have to pick another piece. The truth is, it feels awkward at first. I'm not going to lie because you're like, oh, I don't I don't belong anymore, right? But you still belong. You're just not playing in the game. And it's awkward at first because you don't really know who you are outside of the drama triangle. It feels a little bit like you just kind of got out of prison and you don't know how to operate in the new world where there's Wi-Fi and cell phones. But you figure it out and you find new people that create healthy connections for you and you start learning that the world is a better place with boundaries and values and knowing your worth. You get to love yourself the way that you always wanted other people to love and admire you. And and that's really the biggest gift. So thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. My name is Tabitha McDonald, and I just really want you to know that I value your time and I value your focus and listening to this podcast today. I hope it was helpful for you. And I just want to like revisit those five steps. Many of us are living in drama triangles without even knowing it. So remember, no judgment to you or to anyone else, but just become aware of it. Step two, get curious you know, look at them, just get curious. What are, what do they feel like? Step three is feelings, right? Notice what you feel. Step four, examine your behavior. How do you behave when you're sucked into a drama triangle? And step five, step out, just get out of it. Choose to no longer embrace the triangle. Thank you so much again for your time and attention. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with someone who may need to hear it. Please subscribe to this podcast and take a moment to leave a review. If you or somebody you know is struggling with heartbreak, please visit my website, mindfullove.love and subscribe to my newsletter. You will also receive a free meditation pack 
to help you move through the pain faster. If you want to go deeper, my Heartbreak 911 program is launching on December 6, 2023. This is an intensive 21-day course designed to help you move through the pain of heartbreak as fast as possible for you. You will receive live coaching, valuable course content, and support from people going through a similar experience. You can go directly to that program by visiting heartbreak911.com to sign up today. You will receive early access to a powerful morning routine, breathwork exercises, and meditations to get you started on your journey.